mean, surely Clueless is more problematic, and that got on the hit list, didn't it? I mean, it's I, was, I was literally thinking, how the fuck's Clueless problematic? And I was like, oh, yeah, the incest. <laughs> <laughs> everyone and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. Joe. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And this week we continue our romantic comedy journey as we put the 2005 bromantic comedy Wedding Crashes on trial. Is it an order of service or is it a restraining order? Uh, no, not that bad one. I did have another one. Is, is it getting down on one knee or is it getting down on both knees <laughs> oh no 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> i liked it i did like it i, did. <laughs> I liked no. it i just don't think it's appropriate yeah, it's yeah. not appropriate but that's why i like it so. you liked it but you shouldn't have liked it dave and i'm judging no, you because that's, of it that's kind of it yeah <laughs> <laughs> now essentially we're going to find out if this film will be placed on our esteemed hit list or our steaming shit list now, before we go on, our last film on trial was my romantic comedy pick, and that was Monster-in-Law. Ozzy judged that trial and deems that it should rightfully be placed firmly on the hit list. Did he? Did he? Did he? A shit film Did, going on the hit list. <laughs> Did he really? So, Ozzy, wow. you've since got away and you've watched it. <laughs> Did you make the right call or not? Based on the arguments alone, I made the right call. Yeah, based on based on reality, (laughs) Uh, it's um, it's not a great film, but it's perfectly watchable. I don't think it's nearly as bad as some of the uh, like some of the critic reviews and whatnot. I think it's easily just a film you can have on. I didn't think um, I didn't think J Lo was nearly as bad as the reviews make out. I didn't think uh, I didn't think anyone was all all terrible it's just not a great story you know it's just a little bit predictable but that's what makes it an easy watch isn't it that it's how just a bit dare you that's it that's a hit list film you're talking about right there pal <laughs> yeah, uh, alex I, see, see what happens like man it. you go you go away one week and we put <laughs> wedding crushes on. I know, the last time i think i had a week off you put fucking crossroads on the hit list like i, I can't <laughs> take a break yeah you that is a hit list <laughs> film you're talking about right there <laughs> now <laughs> onto the trial <laughs> <laughs> now all of the roles have been picked out. Uh, no, they haven't actually been picked out of the hazard random because Joel has picked this week's film, and also Joel has picked out the roles as well. So who's going to assist him in defending, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. So Joel is just like Owen Wilson's character, John Beckworth, an untrustworthy, sleepy-looking arsehole. <laughs> 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 and joining Joel in defense is Ozzy, who is just like Keir O'Donnell's character, Todd Cleary, an artistic yet creepy looking oddity. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm not wrong though, am I? And acting as prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list is me. And I'm just like Vince Vaughn's character, Jeremy Gray, a taller but equally untrustworthy, sleepy looking arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> And joining me on defense is Alex, who is just like Isla Fisher's character, Gloria Cleary. He's got a lot of aggressive sexual energy. <laughs> and it seems to be pointing directly at me. <laughs> I just said to you, I'm more like um, Bradley Cooper, to be honest, Gav. Just a bit of a massive knobhead. <laughs> <laughs> is Bradley Cooper in this film, or was that just uh, a stab at it? You know, Joel just really doesn't like Bradley Cooper. <laughs> Now, uh, just like real court advocates, the defense and the prosecution will be making the best case for their roles. Now, these may or may not be their real opinions, though, so do stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear their genuine thoughts. Now, this week, in the role of judge, and who has to decide which list this film should be placed on, hit or shit, based solely on the arguments put to him, is Dave. And Dave is just like Christopher Walken's character, Secretary Cleary. He looks like he's given up a long time ago and he's only here for the paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you that one. They get paid for this. He gets paid in Freddo's. <laughs> Freddo's, which I ironically bought myself. <laughs> I'm just eating a lot of Freddo's these days. All right. <laughs> 
Now, uh, before we get started, I think we should probably give the audience a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is about. Ordinarily, I would spin the wheel of impressions, but because Joel has picked the film, Joel will be giving the impression. So here, what I we do... It's rigged anyway, so... It's rigged, well, you know, why are you saying it's rigged? It's always rigged to Dave. <laughs> yeah, I knew I should have eaten that Freddo on the wheel. <laughs> so, so what we do here is we read off the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film. So how would we like Joel to read off the synopsis? It must be, it must be a walking. What's it? What about an, an Owen Wilson? I mean, or... I just feel like any film with the Christopher Walken, it's just a waste. Not okay. Impression. <laughs> well, yeah, everyone happy with Christopher Walken, apart from John? Uh, I mean, Christopher Walken is just going to be me, but in like a maybe slightly slower voice. <laughs> <laughs> Do it, I can't wait. Looking forward to it. John and, and, and Jeremy Gray, are <laughs> a committed womanizer, sneak, sneak into weddings to to take advantage of romantic tinge in the air they find themselves at odds with another with one another when john meets and falls for claire cleary <laughs> i thought it sounded more like morgan freeman to be honest <laughs> Just to make thought, sure, by make the end sure as well you were almost owen wilson i thought we were getting a wow at the end <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, without further hesitation, Dave, would you like to mm -hmm. please kick off proceedings? Yeah, no problem. This, this, I, I always say this, but it's true. I've not seen Wedding Crashes. You know, I'm judging another film I haven't seen. So, uh, yeah, this is really is all to play for. I understand that Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson, uh, Christopher Walken, and Bradley Cooper, and Isla Fisher are in it. That is literally all I know about Wedding Crashes. I honestly don't know anything else. So spare me no detail, leave no stone unturned. Give me what you got, Defense. Well, I'll just give you a quick rundown. So it's it's basically about two guys, which is Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn, character names John and Jeremy. And they are basically wedding crashes. So they kind of infiltrate weddings, pretend to know the guests and the couple. They do like a bit of research first. And their basic aim there is just to, you know, womanize a little bit and, and try and get laid, essentially. So just being typical... <laughs> 2000 lads <laughs> um, classic <laughs> but then I mean, uh, I mean how did we spend the naughties you know it's so exactly, relatable exactly Dave exactly <laughs> but then kind of you know in typical rom-com style uh, a little bit of a spanner gets thrown in the works they crash uh, the wedding of the US Secretary of the Treasury which is uh, Christopher Walken and he's got two daughters and the pair of them kind of unintentionally so we say kind of fall in love with those daughters they get kind of invited back to william cleary's house but obviously they're, they're using fake identities so you kind of know at some point that it's all going to unravel uh, you know it's going to cost them their relationships and uh you know it, it's kind of about that journey is to how they can recover from you know basically lying and that type of thing so in terms of like a rom-com the reason why I like this is because although, you know, every rom-com has tra tropes in it, sorry, uh, this is just a little bit different. The story that it, it kind of goes on to to take you there isn't as kind of predictable as your normal rom-com. So I just think that in all, it, it's just got kind of everything that you want, the comedy in there, although it's, you know, maybe a little bit dated by today's standards, especially when you kind of, you know, consider some of the content in there. but I just think it's it's a really kind of great watch. And as I say, in terms of all the rom-coms, it's definitely kind of standing out there as, as something that's just a little bit different. Okay, thank you, Joel. Sounds good. Yes, it certainly does sound like a rom-com. Sounds relatively trope-free from what I've understood there. I don't care for the names John and Jeremy. I mean, individually, <laughs> they're all right, but together as two protagonists, I'm, I'm not sure about that. But other than that, this sounds really good. Gav, I saw your hand was raised. Is there a reason why this doesn't sound so good? Oh, I think Alex just wants to pop in just a tiny yeah, by all bit. Means, by all means. And doesn't he just want to pop in? <laughs> I, love, I love hopping in quickly. Just uh, a little bit. Like, just, just a couple of things that uh, Joel said there that I'd have to disagree with massively is the predictability. I think you can. I think, Dave, you can predict this this film's Even me? course. Even you, Dave, could 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 just about manage it. They 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 lied to get into this wedding. You know, they he falls for Rachel McAdams. Eventually, there's going to be a bit where they it finds out that they've lied. They get together, they get closer. She's angry that she's 
been lied to, they fall apart and then they get back together. That's that's the plot of the film. And I and you can I saw that come in from miles away. So I would say predictability wise, it's exactly, you know, it's it's exactly. And Joel said that there's a the comedy's a bit dated. I'd I'd go further than that and I'd say it's the premise itself of the film that is dated. The idea of like deceiving women was something in the noughties. Let's not just say wedding crashes was the you know the only culprit of this. There was a lot of this you know, How I Met Your Mother, when you watch those seasons again, like Bonnie, the character of Bonnie Stinson is just like completely reprehensible now, you know, and just it's only a few years later. So the premise of the thing is 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 an issue. It's not just the comedy in these set pieces. It's the actual what the characters are set up to do that makes this film very hard to watch in this day and age. Even, even you know, I mean, what when was it made? 2004 or something like 2005, that? 2005, yeah. 2005, even, you know, just a short... 17 years later it feels like it's from the 50s it's just it is it's the premise not the comedy that's the problem okay thank you very much um now over to you gav so your hand was raised yeah that that's essentially what i was, was going to say you know this is about two all right creepy, creepy. <laughs> 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 and isn't that just quite isn't the only issue that they've got with it is the premise that, you know that a film that was made 17 years ago doesn't stand up you know to, to today's you know modern standards but that doesn't take away from the fact that in 2005 this film was fucking hilarious and you know, and and it kind of epitomised my life. I used to love going to weddings just to get a bit of buffet food. You know, I wasn't. <laughs> as... I thought you were going to say something <laughs> else. I, was gonna say something. <laughs> I, wasn't I used to love going to weddings. Get a bit of us. women the buffet. I wasn't. I wasn't nearly as uh, as, sm- as smooth as uh, as John and Jeremy uh, um, uh, picking up ladies. However, I was very good at getting in. I dressed very well. You always looked That's like you're a guest. And it used to be quite funny, and I, I thought it was it was quite it was a great premise of a of a task to do, and and I thought this is like Japes, you know, it's it's the whole banter vibe, it's the cheeky Nando's, it's don't get me wrong, it's everything that's wrong with today's society, <laughs> it's everything that's wrong with with lad culture, but at the time this was it was new, it was fresh, and it was and it was really funny, and, and that's why you've got to think about it this this paved the way for things like uh like you know hot tub time machine and all that if you hadn't had wedding crashes we would never have had hot tub time machine what world we would be living in if we wasn't actually the film i was thinking about <laughs> that one about um could you imagine all the were you thinking of gattaca were you thinking of gattaca i was thinking about that one where they go to um to thailand is it Hangover. A hangover. A hangover, yeah. Three, so, yeah. you know. And that's a genuinely on the hangover. Maybe hangover too, not so much. But that's what I was actually thinking of. But I, um, all I could picture was was a beardy man in a hot tub. And then that's what it was. Uh, oh, that's a flashback to the last lad's holiday. Can, can you imagine the cultural and technological achievements that we wouldn't have achieved over the past 15 years if we wouldn't have had hot tub time machine? It's true that. I mean, I was actually going to hear Gav out, but I kind of jokingly passed over to Ozzy, and Ozzy ran with it, gave him all credit to him. I think that so, was the, enough, um, the perfect amount of Gav, to be honest. I think it was. Being an impartial judge says I must return to him now. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. I've just got a massive problem with what Ozzy's saying. Well, I mean, more often than not, I should say. Like, the, the argument of, like, we're looking back on this film with the gift of hindsight and that, you know, these behaviours weren't toxic back then. But, you know, they were. We're not talking about a film that came out in the 80s and stuff like this was going on in the 80s, like Revenge of the Nerds and Animal House, where they were tricking girls into having sex with them or getting with them. Uh, through you know shifty means this film is barely 15 years old as alex said before it's about a couple of creepy fuckers who crash weddings for the main purpose of targeting women who uh, like and, and the quote is this is a direct quote from them who will uh, who are so aroused by the thought of marriage that they'll throw their inhibitions to the wind you know they, they'll go through incredibly desperate lengths in order to bed these women including lying about every facet of their being and creating these hilariously implausible characters and backstories. But the idea that, you know, like it's 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 dated now and that's the issue. And at the time it was all right. I don't think it was. It, you know, I was just saying that it was cheeky and scampish back then. But 
uh, you know, and, and now it's seen as very predatory. But that's bollocks because the director revealed a number of studio concerns in a tell-all interview years later. The director, David Dobkin, said, there was a big issue before production started from the marketing department who sat me down and said, I don't know how we're going to sell this movie. These guys are predators. I, like, I had just never thought of it that way. They said, they're going to weddings, lying about who they are and doing all this stuff to get girls to sleep with them. It's wrong. Now, he went on to justify that these guys are there for the weddings. It's not just about bedding women. That comes secondary. But it seemed like a pretty big fucking point throughout the film. The director and the writers tried to take the focus off these guys being ultra creepy sex pests by bringing Bradley Cooper's character into it later on, who's this unbelievably toxic and abusive shit to Claire, played by Rachel McAdams, who is the main love interest to Owen Wilson's character. And they also shoehorn this incredibly laughably bad backstory in in which John's parents were both killed in an unspecified accident when he was a child, which somehow justifies his commitment issues and his toxic behavior. You know, the whole film feels incredibly dated. The jokes are often poking fun at people or centered around treating women like shit. And at two hours, it feels like incredibly long for what it is. And above all, it's neither funny nor romantic. And watching this back in 2022, you can't help but feeling Jeremy and John are one step away from being tied up in as many Me Too lawsuits as it took to construct that bicycle Jeremy made out of balloons. Wow. Shit. I'm, <laughs> I'm envisioning the bicycle made out of balloons now, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah, we distracted him, Gav. God, it was so good to want to write the end. I can't get it out of my head. It's just... Uh, yeah, I mean, that sounds pretty damning, to be honest with you. It just sounds like we've got a couple of issues here. The fact that these two main characters, by today's standards at least, if if not arguably the standard of the time, uh, could these be considered predators? Gav is completely right. That, you know, there's nothing... It, was, it wasn't right then and it isn't right now. And, you know, I think it was created without the, the, the intent that, it, that they were that. And, and like the director said, that, it, it, you know, it's just a problem that it was a, it's a weird situation of the time that it was never talked about and it started becoming talked about from sort of the 2010s onwards essentially you know in the mainstream and i think that that is a you know it's it's a it's regrettable for the film but it was it's light-hearted it's not intended to be whether that's right or wrong you know that's by the by gav is right that they are predators and and obviously they did a good job to hide that in in terms of the way they've gone gav even goes out to point it they brought characters in specifically to make them less problematic and you know and again that's not necessarily right but from a storytelling point of view and a and a directorial point of view they've done a good job because you they do hide the fact that they in some regard would be the bad guys but in actually the the heroes and you you sort of root for them throughout so it, it isn't it isn't right but it, it's a clever bit of storytelling and directorial way by bringing in somebody worse to make you think that okay well it's not the, the thing is dave like the the bits that alex and gav have spoken about the essential part crashing weddings to get girls that is like i would say five or ten minutes of the film as soon as they meet the other two characters it you know it turns into them kind of wanting to to court these women but you always have that thing of well they haven't been honest you know that they're, they're not the people that they say they are and obviously they find that out in the end and it, it doesn't it doesn't go to plan um you know where owen wilson's character you know um rachel mcadams basically wants nothing to do with him after she finds out and um, they do kind of reconcile in the end but you know only slightly you only kind of see them you know kind of hug at the end of the film there's no like big they get into a relationship and go and get married or anything like that they um you know i suppose it's, it's a happy ending in some ways but um, you know, the, the other two characters, Vince Vaughn and Isla Fisher, you know, it, again, I would say Alex says it's predictable. I strongly disagree. You know, Isla Fisher starts out as this kind of really crazy character. Vince Vaughn is very much kind of wanting to get away with it because she's a little bit kind of too possessive, too in your face. Um, you know, she always wants to be next to him. She's just kind of like a, a little bit of a kind of quirky, crazy character. And he kind of always distances himself from her. But by the end of the film, again, he realizes that that's something that he actually really likes about her. And those two kind of, you know, really hit it off. And in the end, I, th I think uh, he proposes to her. Although some of the aspects that Gavin Alex touched on there, 
are definitely, you know, by today's standards, something that, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't be put into a film anywhere, anywhere, sorry. It's only the start of the film and the rest of the film is completely separate from any of that. Of course, there's that element of the fact that they have been dishonest, lied about who they were to get close to these women. But once they find out, you know, they rightfully act as you would do in horror. Uh, and it's not like they just forgive them overnight either. You know, we're talking like months or, you know, whatever later. So overall, I think, although you can say elements of it are dated, the majority of the film works very well after that. And the wedding crashes bit really is is only at the very start of the film. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, Alex, I saw your hand was raised there. Yeah, I, I just think I think the problems go a bit further than that than just the first five or ten minutes because that's because the characters are so weak. I think Joel would be right if there was anything more to the characters than the fact that they do crash weddings. I mean, the first setup of the film is just them deceiving women into bed, like you know, and that's that's like that is literally you are seeing them genuinely deceive women into bed. I mean, you actually see that happen. And there's very little of a characterization, apart from just a, his parents died, which you don't see and you don't really find anything out. There's very little else to these characters than the fact that they are deceivers. And so really, it's very hard to get away from that for the rest of the film, really. And you'd find them, they're very unsympathetic. Like Ozzy said before that you sort of do root for them. And I absolutely didn't. You, Gav was right when he said, you have to make the Bradley Cooper character like just this ginormous shithead to basically offset these two pretty big shitheads. Do you know what I mean? That you main yeah. characters. You've got to have this gigantic one that's sort of just caricature of a complete asshole to be able to look at these two guys and at all root for them. And I just didn't root for them. And, and, I, and I don't think I would have ever rooted for them. I've never watched it before, so it's hard to know. But I don't think you would have been. It's that sort of frat boy, what do they call them? You know, the frat pack, they, I think yeah. they were called, weren't they, back in the day? And... I just don't think you'd ever root for them just because they're not sympathetic because I would say the characters are just, there's nothing to them really. A lot of the scenes you can tell, you know, is Vince Vaughn just sort of vamping a bit and he's sort of just doing his Vince Vaughn, you know, man, you know, do, do, doing his Vince Vaughn thing. Owen Wilson is doing this sort of cool, you know, wow at the end of his sentences and stuff like that. There's not a lot of depth to them. And because there's not a lot of depth, you, you are just stuck with the fact that these are two, people who deceive you know and you could say about the crashing things but you know the, the main thing really is that they are they are doing it to deceive women you know that's why they're going to the weddings it's not the you know the, the love of weddings so i just found it hard i think if the characters had been anything i think if there'd been a character arc and at the end there'd have been a stronger message at the end that they should have renounced their their bad ways but i don't feel like the film really lands that even at the end he goes to a, he crashes a funeral uh, you know, in a sort of desperate bid to sort of find women. And even at the end, when he's talking about it, he's like, well, we're, you know, funerals are great and stuff like that. They're a great place to pick up women. He does actually say that, you know. And even right at the end, when they're all together, all four of them are together and off, they go and crash a wedding and deceive people. So, so I don't know, the film sort of doesn't quite have that moral... Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's having its cake and eating it, and it's just saying, oh, it's all fine and stuff like that. And... At the end, I just thought the two main characters were shits all the way through it, really. And I didn't want them, I didn't want him to be with, with Rachel McAdams because Rachel McAdams seemed lovely. And I wanted her to be as far away from both Bradley Cooper and Owen Wilson and find someone else who's not a complete shitbag, is how I felt. Well said, well said. <laughs> uh, Gav, I think you had something to say on the concept as well. Yeah, when Joel said that it's only the first five, ten minutes, I would argue that it's the entire film because the whole thing is about them crashing weddings. The concept of crashing weddings to me, like the whole concept of the film is bizarre. After planning a wedding myself, I know the amount of effort that goes into it and how meticulous it all is, and several of you will understand as well. For two random fucking douchebags to be able to not just crash it, but mooch a free meal and seemingly unlimited free drinks is far-fetched enough. But that these two sad sacks create such overblown and ridiculously unbelievable backstories and that they don't just blend into the background as you would if you were crashing a wedding like Ozzy used to do when he was eating his buffets. <laughs> but they take center fucking stage at every opportunity. This montage that Alex was talking about before includes them cutting the cake and making fucking speeches, making speeches at somebody's wedding. Like, and 
Not one person goes, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> you know, it's just so ridiculous. But the icing on the far-fetched wedding cake is that they are able to do the same thing at a wedding for the senator's daughter, a wedding that has secret service and police presence. They're able to get dangerously close and alone with the secretary and members of his family. And then they are invited to a secluded island getaway with them. And no, not one background or ID check is completed. It's absolute bullshit. And, I, and, and you can and, tell you're a government employee, Gav. <laughs> I know how long it goes to get those fucking security checks. But I know there's an element of the suspension of disbelief, but they go to a silly amount of weddings every year. Like it's like, you know, 20 odd, 30 odd weddings every year, whatever, which all seem to be in the Washington area. Washington surely isn't that big, but these two yeah, assholes like, can attend Washington, that many. What, sorry? Washington isn't that big. Washington is gigantic it's probably bigger than the uk and i think they attend about they attend about 20 to 30 weddings every year they say that they've been doing it for about 12 years like it's surely not that big that they can attend that many weddings and nobody recognizes them from a previous wedding it's fucking preposterous and you don't recognize someone from a wedding like there's more than 20 weddings in the church around the corner from my house yeah but aussie like the them getting up and delivering speeches and fucking eating cake and being like a purple heart wearing war vet or, you know, being like one of the ridiculous backstories that they said, an explorer on Everest who had to eat one of his own friends or whatever it was. You know, they're, they're quite memorable. It's not just like some, some randomer that was in the background. These are guys who took center fucking stage. It's ridiculous. I think we're poking too much into what's essentially a very lighthearted romantic comedy. And we're looking at the plot holes and the 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 intricacies of secret service security guards of a of a you know that's not what the the whole point is. It's meant to be far fetched. It's like any any sort of film that where you've got to push it beyond. Like could we think about Mother in Law last week, which was you know was it? Boring, I, was it? I mean, that's the biggest amount of bullshit. That's that bullshit. People have mother in laws. People don't have wedding crashes. <laughs> you know, but we talked about in there that, that, you know, they were intolerable. They were beyond the pale in terms of how far they pushed the pranks and, and the length there to go to. Because you've got to to make it worth worthy of a film. Otherwise, what's the point? I don't want to go and watch, you know, as lovely as your wedding was, Gav. I don't want to watch your uncle and, and cousin rock up to your wedding and try and get off with one of Siobhan's mates. You know, that's not... That's Both not of them. <laughs> the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it, seems, it seems like you would want to watch that just to see what the fuck was going on. Like, Took your eye off the I ball, Gav. You should have been policing that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, what you've got to think about is, is, is that the, they've had to go overblown on the story to, to, make, to keep it entertaining and exciting and funny. Otherwise, you know, who wants to see 20 weddings? In, in a short, you know, two-hour two two-hour film. That, so the way they get around that is you allow sort of Vince Vaughn and you allow Owen Wilson to then play off. You know, it goes over the top and, and like, the, the script is... is... Oh, see, do, do, my, my criticism isn't that we didn't get to see enough of those 20 weddings. You do realise that? So, like, but, I but... wanted to see it all, goddammit. <laughs> got to go it's got to be overblown otherwise because you, you're trying to pack in a lot and you're trying to unpack these characters in such a short space of time so then you can just focus on this short period for the senator's wedding you know for the for this relationship they're trying to build but in, in terms of the you know the, the the comedy and the script it's allowed to work because you've got funny you know genuinely funny actors and they're allowed to be themselves and to 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 go off on one in that so it, it's the you know the script i think is probably loose around there and you can you can see where people are riffing off we talked about it earlier that vince vaughn's allowed to do the vince vaughn sort of thing and and as long as you're into that you're going to enjoy you know the film and it's played off then you go and wilson doing this cool bit like alex was saying is that you've got two very different characters going after the same goal and then equally you've got christopher walken you know who is a delight in everything so um for me, it's pretty good. I mean, I think maybe, maybe Joel, you got another bit yeah, before well, well, to say, come in and rip it apart again. Dave is, um, you know, spoke about chemistry with mother-in-law. You know how important chemistry is, not just between like, you know, the romantic leads and things like that in rom-coms, but also between 
you know, the, the main characters, and in this case, it's two men. Um, and I think everybody in this film has great chemistry. I mean, Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn, obviously, they play off each other really well, and which is evident, you know, due to the amount of films that they've done together. And after this, they're in a lot more films together and that type of thing. And you can never for one second do you think that, oh, you know, they aren't best friends. You can, you know, totally tell that they're there for each other, um, you know, that they love each other and that type of thing. Owen Wilson's character is a bit of a selfish prick at times, um, but Vince Vaughn kind of realises, um, you know, that he needs to be there for him in those moments. And it, there's, there's some really kind of good bromance moments, I would say, as well as the actual romance in here. You know, it's um, as much, you know, as about as being friends as it is about the actual kind of romantic aspect in that. So I think there are some definitely good moments in there, but... As well, the chemistry with the kind of romantic leads. I spoke about um, Isla Fisher and uh, who's called Gloria and and Jeremy Vince Vaughn. Like their their two characters are just completely polar opposites. You know, Jeremy is like this kind of like I wouldn't say he's completely serious, but he's a little bit more kind of stoic and things like that. And Gloria is just like she's kind of you know batshit crazy. They're just polar opposites, and the fact that they end up together and bounce off each other so well you know, is kind of testament to the casting, really. And Owen Wilson and Rachel McAdams, they're kind of just like, I would say, like an idyllic couple, really, when you when they kind of stand next to each other. You know, you've got like the, the long, long blonde hair and then you've got this like, you know, pretty brunette next to each other. And, you know, they, they just kind of fit that kind of idealistic image really, really well. So I think that the chemistry on screen of all the characters and things like that, although, you know, it's not as diverse as you would want to see today uh, you know by any standards but again we've we've already spoken about this being outdated and things like that but overall i think the the, the chemistry and the cast in here they got spot on and the guys have already mentioned about um the, the kind of character who you really meant to hate which is bradley cooper and he's called sack as well which just kind of adds to the soup if you like he's just like a massive bell end but what he does really well is he plays the bell end really well um, you know, never for one second do you think this is a really decent guy. You want Owen Wilson to, you know, end up with Rachel McAdams rather than Bradley Cooper because he plays the moron expertly well. And then again, as Ozzy said, Christopher Walken as uh, the US Secretary, he's just kind of Christopher Walken. He is quite similar in, in a lot of his films and he, he is here, you know, he plays like the father of these girls, kind of protective, uh, if you like. And once he finds out that... Um, you know, the two guys have been deceiving them. He, he kicks them out type of things. So, yeah, casting and performances, I would say, are, are all very good in this film. Okay, thank you very much. Alex, did you have anything to add on script or comedy or performances? Yeah, you know, I mean, you've got Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. So, you know, they're, they're two pretty quality actors. And so, you know, Joel's right. They're all going to, you know, they're going to turn in decent performances. Christopher Walken, it's just a pleasure to have him on screen, isn't it? Sometimes it's just nice to see Christopher Walken. So, you know, I wouldn't say the performances are terrible, but I think the comedy is pretty bad in this. Like, I just don't think there's a lot of it I didn't find. Like, I think... I, I watched Meet the Parents on the weekend and then I watched this afterwards and the difference between those are, is, is huge. Just in the comedy set pieces, you know, especially when you, it just seems like it just keeps jumping around. You've got these bits where like they're about to go and they go duck hunting and then, you know, they're walking through the forest, what's going to happen? And then just like Owen, uh, Vince Vaughn gets shot in the arse. And then that's the end of that. Do you know what I mean? And then it moves on to the next thing. And, and it's like, oh, there, there was quite a lot you could have done with the, with more with that. Do you know what I mean? And it just feels getting like- Getting shot it was, in the Just getting shot in the ass. It just feels like, oh, is that the payoff of the whole, oh, we're going to go hunting, right? We're going to walk, we're going hunting, we're walking through the forest. You got shot yes. in the ass, I would piss myself <laughs> Of course, you, of course you would. You'd probably I mean, be the he, one when he puts holding the gun, <laughs> Joel, I imagine. Well, that's like, one thing, Janie joke, you know, that's a opportunity. Yeah, there's- there just seems like there's a lot more to explore, but they just sort of go, right, yeah, shoot the arse and then pay off, and then we move to the next bit and the next bit and the next bit. Gone from there, just, just out of curiosity. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm particularly, you know, I'm, I'm I'm judging these guys, Aussie, but I wouldn't say I would make a very good Hollywood film. Do you know what I mean? Like, let, let's let's be fair. They've made a much better romantic comedy than I ever would. I'll, 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 I'll be fair with that. <laughs> but... I just think when you watch other films of the same ilk, it's just like they 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 know where to go a little bit better. And it just seems a little bit 
weak at times. Like it relies heavily on just it's Vince Vaughn and it's Christopher Walken and it's, you know, if you just rely heavily on just the fact that you are looking at these faces that, you know, are photogenic and you, and you love watching, but the actual comedy itself, there weren't many, there weren't many or any bits where I was like, oh yeah, the, the tension's building, they're coming up. You know, like meet the parents in the volleyball scene and the, the water polo, the tension's building, 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 and it comes up to that bit and it's, you know, it's really, really funny. The wedding crashes, I'm struggling to really think of any bit in particular where you can walk away and say that bit was hilarious. You know, the think about Mary is just full of those moments that you could talk about the next day. Wedding crashes, not really. It just seems to rely on these guys are funny. They'll do funny stuff and that's it. But that's not enough. It didn't make me laugh enough. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, Gav, see your hands raised. Yeah, just there's so many moments like that that Alex was talking about. One thing for me is, so the the mother uh, in the piece, who's played by Jane Seymour, um, she is like, one of my main issues is that there's just a lot of stereotypes in this, in the old romantic comedy stereotypes. And she's the sort of the older, sexually frustrated mother who's constantly coming on to own Wilson throughout. And she's like, you know, because she's in an unhappy marriage and she's desperate to get laid. And she she basically assaults him at some point. So she exposes her breasts and she's like, uh, touch my breasts. And then he, you know, he's this, this uncomfortable scene where he's holding their breasts and then she, and then it ends essentially. And then that's it. You, that's not revisited at all in the film. And it's like, well, you could have removed that part of the film and it wouldn't have mattered at all. Cause I thought, oh, at some point that's going to come back. Uh, you know, she's going to say to Rachel McAdams, oh yeah, and he touched my breasts, you know, but it, it, she doesn't, you know, it's never spoken about again, apart from directly afterwards when Vince Warm's like, oh, what did you do? Did you moat about her? You know, that, that, that is it. It's never brought, brought up again. The, the comedy, as Alex said before, feels a bit stale. I would argue or say that I think that there's a Will Ferrell cameo later on in the film and I do find that funny just because it sort of like pastiches what the film is about because it just it goes to show the desperate lengths that Will Ferrell's gone to. He started moving on to crashing wedding, uh, funerals and it just shows that, you know, like it makes Owen Wilson realize, oh, you know, yeah, maybe we are sad, pathetic losers. But there's a lot of like kind of very old, tired humor here they go to a number of weddings different cultural weddings and were treated to some culturally inappropriate pseudonyms uh, they go to a, an indian wedding where one of them's called chuck vindaloo you know it's like these these names have just been like just drawn up like because oh, <laughs> it's just because like, it started it was like they go to an irish one and his name's like bobby o'shea and seamus o'toole and whatever and i was like oh they just look like hey what's an irish name oh yeah i know we'll just write this down but then when it's the indian one it's just like chuck vindaloo who the fuck is called vindaloo sounds like some shit like 80s wrestling name <laughs> But by, by the time the the funny part of the film happens, which is Will Ferrell's cameo at about the two-hour mark, at that point, you've already probably crashed out of the film and you're too busy probably planning your own funeral that Will Ferrell could crash later on. Thank you, Gav. Has anyone got any other points that they'd like to raise? I've heard a great deal there. The only thing I might want to hear more on is comedy, if anyone's got anything other than that. I anything? think, um, you know, the, the way Alex said, there's no memorable moments. Like, you know, like when... He gets his penis strapped in his zipper, for example, in, you know, something about Mary. They it's, just, it's, not, it's not that type of film. It's not that type of comedy. I would say it's more kind of little moments, like Alex mentioned, uh, Vince Vaughn getting shot in the arse. That is funny. And there's another bit as well where, um, you know, they're having dinner and I think one of them starts wanking the other one off, like under the table <laughs> or something. And it, yeah, there, there are moments so just, where just Dave's reaction now, like, <laughs> quietly closed his eyes and just slightly shook his head. <laughs> there are moments, you know, like that where you'll smile and maybe not like laugh out loud every single minute. But it, as I say, it's not that type of comedy. It's more kind of buddy copish type of comedy. Um, so yeah, like I would say, if you're expecting to hangover type comedy where you might be want to be like laughing all the time, it's not that type of film. But I don't think. It ever is like that with a rom com. Thank you very oh, and much. And also the, the oh. boob touching scene. I, I do disagree with Gav on that actually, because um, you know, although I can see Gav's point about her being, you know, a kind of stereotypical like sexually repressed housewife, like when Owen Wilson's character like actually touches her, you, like the camera f- focuses on her face, and it's kind of like almost like a look of 
like fulfillment that she's happy like somebody actually touched her in that way and that she's you know like still attractive i think that's how it's meant to be played whether they actually do that or not i don't know but i do think that you know it's quite obvious that that's what they're trying to do in that scene you know what there is something i'd like to ask a little more about um that piqued my interest will ferrell's cameo who does he play and where does this where, where does this uh where does he fit into the story so I, mean, I wouldn't when, say he does at the end like when uh, Rachel McAdams and Owen Wilson have split up uh, as Gav said like he, he crashes a funeral because it's like another way of getting women but it's uh, it's like viewed as like almost like a, a low you know a, a lower down version of crashing a wedding if you like and Will Ferrell is like kind of that guy that he looks at as like you know he's hit rock bottom he's crashing funerals mm-hmm. type of thing so that's like his his cameo it's, it's, his name's like Chaz or something, and he was the founder of, of Wedding Crashing. So he came up with all these rules. So throughout the film, they're always quoting, like, rule 74, don't leave a fellow red, wedding crasher behind. So he came up with the concept. He created these rules, and he passed them on to Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. And they talk about him like he's some, like, god. And Owen Wilson's never met him. So when he does meet him, he's expecting him to be, like, this savant and you know say oh give him all this great advice but he sees him and he's this pathetic loser and that kind of puts own wilson's life into perspective more okay thank you very much gears are turning I've, I've got a lot to consider here if we're all done if we're happy to move on i'd say let's kill a little time with the quiz which time certainly like i've got a, a quiz about weddings surprisingly so it's weddings in film i don't know how difficult this is to be honest with you it might be too hard it might be too easy um so question one where does michael corleone get married Just oh. ask, ask uh, the place sicily <laughs> corleone technically ozzy was right and he was first <laughs> technically yeah. we were all right <laughs> yeah it's um it's it's sicily oh i, uh, I didn't answer i need to be technically right uh sorry <laughs> <laughs> Question two, Brian McKenzie is the fiancé from Father of the Bride, uh, but where does he and his family live? It's like a famous uh, US city, which also has its own TV show. That's enough of a clue, I think. Philadelphia? No. Oh, good one. It's um, just had a remake now. Dallas? Bel Air. Bel Air is correct. Ah, yeah. Uh, okay, so question three. By what age did Jules and Michael agree to get married if they aren't already? What film are you talking about? Is that My Best Friend's Wedding? My Best Friend's Wedding. Oh, right, okay. 40? And it, like you can tell, by the way, that this is another clue to like how old-fashioned this film is. That may be beautiful. <laughs> Bam, 21. <laughs> 13. <laughs> uh, 30. <laughs> 30. I'll see what you're going for. I thought it was 30. I did shout 30 earlier. But... He did shout 30 to give him credit. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, you two are close. This is 28. Wow. Yeah. wow. Well, if we're old and 28, <laughs> let's get married. Yeah. If I'm not married by 28, you may as well shoot me a baby in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> With it out, I'll husk. <laughs> um, so. This one is for you, Brucey. I put this in especially for you. Thank you. How does Big propose to carry in the Sex in the City film? Oh, shit. Big on his cock. It's a classic think, move, but it wasn't right. I think I repressed it. I watched the film, but I repressed it. Can I go in? Can I confer with my wife? Or is that not is that not allowed? Uh, no, it's not allowed. No. Sorry, I don't know. Ring on his cock. I'm gonna... <laughs> he uses a crystal shoe because he hasn't got a ring. Uh, so number six um this is a 2013 film and it, it was described as the unofficial sequel to the wedding crashes you've just got to give me the title of the film obviously it stars owen wilson and vince Vaughn. Bam. the internship you correct the internship so they go around like Famous tech startups. And yeah, 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 they crash, <laughs> they crash into programs and tech startups. Uh, they eat all yeah, the buffet food and sleep with them. the CEOs. <laughs> uh, so question seven, what type of restaurant gives the girls food poisoning in Bridesmaids? Mexican. Nope. No, Brazilian. Brazilian. Yeah. 
Although you didn't use your balls of Bruce Lee, so you get minus. Joel is when it comes to the minus points. <laughs> uh, question eight. What drugs does Alan think he's buying and what does he end up with in the hangover? Oh. He thinks he's buying Ket, but he gets Roofie. Root, oh, right. Right. Uh, the Roofie's bit is right, but the Ket bit isn't. Do you think he's buying ecstasy? Or? Ecstasy. That's right, Dave. You know your drugs. <laughs> you know you wrote hypno <laughs> from my ecstasy. <laughs> and so question nine in Meet the Parents, who was Ben Stiller's role originally down for? Ooh. Bam. Owen Wilson. <laughs> it's not Owen Wilson. He is Adam Sandler. No. Wow. Al Pacino would be like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I don't trust you. <laughs> You're clearly a 65-year-old man. <laughs> Dave, have you got any guesses? Um, His initials no. are JC. John Candy. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Caviezel. He, the first thing, right? I thought you were going to go. Carey. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. How old is how that film? He would have been too old to be in that. It's an old film. Now, 2001. Like 2000. Like that, yeah. Yeah, it's very dated when you watch it. It's still brilliant, but very dated. Is uh, Jim Carrey and, then... and, and, and Ben Stiller the same age then? Are they the same age? Uh, well, that's a quiz question for us, eh? <laughs> <laughs> to which nobody knows the answer. I'm going to say yes. Yes, they are. They were Jim born Perry in the same hospital and uh, they were swapped at birth and there's going to be a hilarious film about this in years to come. <laughs> I, I, um, Brucey, there's your film idea that you were looking for before. Yeah, <laughs> okay, so question 10, and this is a winner-takes-all question. Ooh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, pay attention. Uh, so, in American Pie, the wedding, what ruins the wedding cake? Bam. Jim fucks it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Too far off, to be honest. Bam. Is it, uh, does he shave his pubes and they fall onto the wedding cake or something? Yeah, that's right. Gabby shaves his pubes <laughs> and it becomes a pube cake. Oh, my God. So, yeah, Gab, Gab I was sort of guessing. I was like, I'm sure something happens with pubes in one of them. Could it be that? And obviously, <laughs> yes. It's like when it's like art imitates life, isn't it? Remember that at your wedding. <laughs> it's for some we all remember was, that well, don't we? For some but... reason, there was bits of broken glasses and blood in my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> don't know why. Don't know why. <sighs> okay, thank you very much, Joel. I think was was that a Gav win? Winner takes all. It was. Alex came last. I'm minus. Oh. <laughs> what, what do I win? Uh my respect for a day oh <laughs> dave uh, but my mother-in-law's made you a cake i forgot to say <laughs> i forgot i forgot to take i forgot to take it around on uh when i saw you on thursday has she actually yeah 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 <laughs> i'm gonna have to eat it now because i'm going on all day yeah, i mean yeah to be fair it's, it's not gonna last is it I, i'll ask i'll ask her to make another one <laughs> <laughs> well, that was your plan all along wasn't it forget yeah, it to was. take it and then you're yeah, like yeah, well done guy. like two years later i'm gonna be like oh i forgot to pass it about for like 16 stone <laughs> 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 that, that's that's good to hear so thank you very much for the cake i never received uh, i've had some time to consider this one it was actually quite tricky um i didn't think i'd like the idea of wedding crashes not being a huge fan of vince vaughn or owen wilson truth be told um but this sounded okay i mean a lot of good points were made by the defense uh as far as rom-coms go it was relatively trope free um although the prosecution came back and said it is still quite predictable even though it may not be trope laden uh austin pointed out it's got good intentions and even though the comedy has dated it was funny at the time. And, you know, you can't make a comedy with future generations in mind. You just got to play to the audience at the moment. The premise being dated, however, now that is an issue. I appreciate that without this, we would not have had Hot Tub Time Machine. I have, <laughs> I have underlined that, Yeah, I've, I've <laughs> underlined it in my notes. It's, it's there. It's there. Um, and, you know, I appreciate that, you know, it, the premise itself wasn't as offensive back then, but it is problematic now. But like Austin said, you know, the, the good intentions were there. And they made the characters likable, even though they shouldn't be particularly likable. I do believe that the two characters share good chemistry, that they were well cast, that the, the actors they're working alongside were equally well cast. 
even though I do believe what Alex is saying, that maybe they dine out a little on having a solid cast and having them work well together in place of actually having a decent script. Uh, maybe this isn't as funny as it could have been. Maybe they did like uh, take the foot off the pedal a little bit just because they realized, oh, we got Christopher Walken in this scene. Just let, let's just go with it. You know, we got Vince Vaughn, Nolan Wilson side by side again. Just let them riff off each other. It'll be fine. Um, I do believe there's problems with it. I'm, I'm not so sure about some of the plot holes that Gav made up. It is just, it's a simple rom-com at the end of the day. I'm not too bothered about how many weddings there are in Washington at any given time. But poor comedy is an issue. Good performances, cancel it out to a degree, but the premise really worried me. The defining point for me was something actually we came to at the end uh, when Gav said they meet Will Ferrell and it makes them realize, you know, what losers they are. And and that's why I asked for a little more info on what exactly that, that cameo entailed. And essentially, even though the characters aren't likable, it seems at the end of the film that it, you are explained, even though it may have been everything wrong with lad culture, it kind of def- deters people from like following this lifestyle or idolizing this lifestyle because it's like no they are losers it's like these guys are losers the guy who invented this wedding crasher thing is he's a loser you know these are not people to admire their behavior is not something to respect or appreciate you know they're not being put on a pedestal here and that i think saved it for me and i think you know with the good performances and good chemistry it cancels out maybe some problems with the script and then that that final point i think maybe pulls back the premise a little bit which is dated but maybe they saved themselves with that one so with that in mind i'm going to make this a hit list film well summarize once again dave okay um so honest opinions firstly i think joel like because you picked this after not watching it for a number of years and you picked it solely on on your your memory alone of when you watched it like in 2005 do you think it stood up do you think it was a good pick in the end uh, well like when i started watching it after about 10 minutes i was like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> but like you know it's not it's not all bad you know if you take like the kind of controversial stuff like by today's standards out of it like it'd be a decent film i yeah, think those 10 minutes are fantastic it's just like get into the controversy yeah <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's like how can i describe it it's like a really nice sausage but wrapped in shit <laughs> so would you eat that dave would you would you say I, that was a, star, a michelin star sausage i, I, <laughs> I mean they, they pulled back on certain points but i'm just not sure if it cancels out <laughs> <laughs> More yeah. like that coffee, the one that you have to feed to the cats first and then sift it back out through the poo. <laughs> I mean, like, who, 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 was the, who was the guy that figured that out first? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that cat's just done a shit. Is that a coffee bean in it? Only one way to find out. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, like out these are very specific cats. Don't just go feeding coffee <laughs> to random house cats, okay? <laughs> Considering the... Let's make that clear. Clueless and whatever mother-in-law are on the hit list, like, I think it it's at least equal to those films. That is you reassuring. Yeah, I'm worried there. There's no way that this is equal to fucking mother-in-law. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> there's no way that this is equal to Clueless. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, but Ozzy, um, what did you think? Uh, so I think I, I was I played up a little bit on on where I was at. Like the, the script is is pretty shit to be honest with you. I had to try and dodge your question, and I was. I'd written down, well, I hadn't even written down any quotes, but I knew that I'd find some and thought, yeah, it'd be great. There's no, like, quotes that you can say and go, oh, yeah, that's fine on its own. That's a completely take that out of context quote that's funny and you might use that in your everyday life. There's literally nothing in there script-wise that can't be taken away from. It's all got to be in context of the film because everything about it is is deplorable, uh, to be honest with you, script-wise. But... The film itself, it, when you get beyond the premise, like it is quite funny, and um, and I think you're right. And your summary, I, I'm kind of glad that I didn't step in at the end because that was going to be like my sort of main argument is that whole ending. Admittedly, you go through an hour and fifty something minutes of these guys sort of being the heroes, but the the very ending is that they're actually losers. It's not nearly as bigger thing as, as I think you took away from that yeah they're actually losers um it's kind of played up that it's just funny in its own right that he crashes funerals I, I, it's not really made out that 
he's the biggest loser. And I was glad that Gav, you know, just said that he was the loser and I didn't need to really no, point it and make it a thing. <laughs> he is the loser. Like, no, yeah, I think he is because not... that's the turning point for Fern Wilson. Yeah. He's like, oh shit. And he even says it in his corny fucking speech that he gives at yeah. Vince Vaughn's wedding. He's like, oh, you know, and I saw this guy and he was he was a fucking loser. Yeah, and, but then he turns around and says to Vince Vaughn, but he's, it works and he's cleaning up. And exactly, that was when yeah. it's like, fuck. <laughs> that was the moment of like, yeah. wow, fuck, he can't he's say loser, that. Like... But fuck me, I respect him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think uh, my, oh, yeah. my opinions on this were that it, it, was quite, it was quite bad, to be honest. I think it was quite unfunny as well. I remember watching this film back in 2005. I haven't seen it since. And I remember laughing my ass off. Um, and, you know, the thing I remembered the most was Will Ferrell's cameo. And that was probably the funniest bit for me. But the rest of it, it did feel just a little bit, like, problematic. And then uh, once you got past the the sort of... Because you, you can kind of get past that bit. Like, once, once they get to the island and it's more about, like, Owen Wilson trying to get Claire to fall in love with him, even though he is still lying, it's less problematic. But this is when the humor should be kicking in. But I just don't think it's as funny as it could have been uh, you know there's a couple of things here and there but uh, yeah, a lot of the humor for me did feel a bit like oh here's a stereotypical character or here's you know humor punching down on somebody or look at this weirdo what's wrong with them you know but yeah <laughs> alex what did you think uh yeah i didn't like it i uh i did feel sorry for defense because you know they were defending something that's pretty pretty indefensible so you know i think they did a very good job because you know it's uh, it's problematic and I think, think we're light on us, to be fair. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, because what can you say? It's just, it's not, it was of its time, and fuck, what can you say? I think as well, like, um, I think, Dave, you'll see that at the end, they, you don't, you aren't against them. There's not that arc at the end when they realise they're, fuck, they're fucking terrible people. There's kind of just like a bit of like, a way, you know, lads, 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 you know, yeah, they still got the girls. I, I don't know. I think the main problem is is what I said is just that I, I just think they're shit the entire way through. And so it's hard to get behind them. But I think, it, you know, probably at the time that was kind of the, the culture of the time. But now I just didn't I just didn't think it was funny and I didn't like them. So, yeah, I may have been had. <laughs> <laughs> You've been had. Dave. I've. Yeah, but I've lied a lot myself. <laughs> it's about time we all had you. I deserve so. this. <laughs> uh, okay, so higher or lower than our previous film on trial, which was Monster in Law, which scored 18% critical and 55% audience. Higher. higher, not a lot. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's going to be higher, but it shouldn't be. Okay, well, <laughs> shall I, I rephrase this? I'll say instead, is it higher or lower than uh, Sleepless in Seattle? <laughs> Which was of a similar seventy-five percent for both. Lower, lower, lower. Price to hope is lower. <laughs> well, it's the exact same for critical, and only five percent lower for audience. Seventy-five wow. and seventy percent. I was so taken wow. aback. I was like, "Wow!" Yeah, I can only I imagine think... that those scores were weren't from when the film came out. Yeah, and yeah. 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 yeah, I think those I think are. All when you good. when you check out most of the reviews, they're all from. Much that no one's written anything since 2005. <laughs> I reckon. No one's written I since would... You know, <laughs> it's not like a, I, we're in the minority <laughs> to come back and watch this again. I would have paid good money to see Joel's face in that, you know, that montage of the weddings when they're just like banging girls and lions and all that. Just... <laughs> <laughs> what, oh dear, story. oh dear, what, what, what have I done? What have I done? <laughs> it's a good kind of. Um... You know, example of one of those films that you watched though, like ages ago, and you you yes. you think like, oh yeah, that was all right, and then you watch it again like 10, 15 years later. Oh, <laughs> like shit! Like so much has changed now. I know, and it's good that we've changed as well. To be fair, I know definitely. Oh god, because we'd all have been at the cinema, kind of. You know, I think there'd be part of you going like, it's okay. Like yeah, okay. Everyone seems to be laughing. Like yeah, I think I think that's okay then to do that. But you know, yeah, yeah to I show as well. I've never actually crashed a wedding. I've just been to lots of weddings as a plus one. For mates, <laughs> and literally knew no one there, so I just spent my time eating the buffet, and it was delightful. <laughs> Making up stories, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, okay, so we are gonna uh, maybe out of the frying pan into the fire with next week's continuation of our romantic comedy season when Dave has picked the film. Just go with it now, Dave. Why have you picked? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why does, does it sound why not? 
why not? This, this you wanted a rom com, and you were very specific about what what kind of level this rom com had to be. I found a rom com I like within the parameters that you set to me. Okay, so, okay. So why not? Good stuff. Just right. Go with it. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll, just I'll go try and just go just with go it. With it. <laughs> okay, so um that that's it then so thank you very much guys for all your arguments and you know, summary dave thank you very much to everybody who's listened to this episode we really do appreciate every single one of you if you want more films on trial contents go on films on uk. check us out on any social media platform not any actually i don't think we're on tiktok maybe we should be check us out on most social media platforms films on trial or any streaming service films on trial so that is it. What have we learned today? Well, you shouldn't feed coffee to cats. And uh, without wedding crashes, we wouldn't have the seminal masterpiece that is Bottle <laughs> Time Machine. So that's it. Wedding crashes is on the hit list, maybe surprisingly, but we're going to be directly in your ears next week with Just Go With It. Goodbye. You can't, we can't just do one a week until like we're 80. Do you know what I mean? Like in the care home, Aussie's coming around to like check our mics and stuff like that. I'd <laughs> <laughs> steal the buffet. Do, do the cat. <laughs> yes, do the buffet. <laughs> the cat's <laughs>